Welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today, once again, as the story goes, the guest did not show up for their interview. And the reason I wanted to get on and talk about it this time is because this is now the third interview that I've scheduled where the guest has not gone back to me despite the fact that I reached out to them multiple times and for me I just want to say this because like it honestly it not only sucks for me it kind of sucks for them because like fuck it I can come on here and like talk myself but I'm giving you an opportunity to promote your work. You correspond with me and you can't even fucking show up for the interview. It's so dumb. It's like, I don't know. Maybe it's because like this person's on a different coast than I am or like, it can't be that they forgot. They literally talked to me last night. About everything that's going on. And. I say. Look. I want to give my fans interviews. That's why I'm reaching out to people. I want to give people an opportunity. Who are my fans. To learn about different people. Just as I want to learn about different people. I am fascinated. By every person that I reach out to. But. For you to not, like, show up or, like, not get back to me when I'm trying to get in touch with you, it's not only lame, it's fucking unprofessional. Like, this is, like, if you're in show business or you're in the entertainment industry, you should know how to act professionally. And... When you're supposed to be at an interview, show up and be ready, be prepared. Because, as I said in the last time this happened to me, I fucking do all this research myself. There's not, I don't have a team of people. It's me reaching out to all the guests. It's me coordinating with all the guests to find a date, whether it's... A Sunday like this, Tuesday, Saturday, when I have time to, like, do this stuff. And then I have to spend the time going through your work and researching this shit to come up with questions to ask you. And there are plenty of people who... Maybe are like smaller than the person I was going to talk to today, who was, I'm going to say his name, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but it was Chris Huazar. And they just don't, they want opportunities. And like, I want opportunities too. Like, getting through that wall to like get up to people. 
is not easy. Like, I've, as I've said in every podcast where I've talked to guests and on my own, I'm reaching out to people. I'm reaching out to like hundreds of people. Sometimes I'm sending multiple messages a day, just trying to like schedule and coordinate something. And I'm not someone who's like, even though I'm a musician, it's like, I'm not someone who's like stuck up and thinks, oh, if they're not a musician, I don't want to talk to them. I want to talk to everybody. Like, in truth, I will say this now, I've done many interviews, I'm doing many in the future, and or I'm doing, I shouldn't say I'm doing many, I'm doing some in the future, hopefully, and honestly, thus far, my favorite interview was with Phoenix Lee. I fucking loved talking to him, and it was just so great to get to know somebody, and he was on a reality show. Like, he's an actor who went on a reality show. And I'm not someone who, like, judges someone for not being, like, a musician or, like, being on, like, an upper level of, like, mainstream Hollywood that other people are. If I find you fascinating, I want to fucking talk to you. That's why, like, everyone I've reached out to are all people that I want to get to know. And I would have loved, I'm literally staring right now at the questions that I had for Chris. And everything I asked him, clearly, I wanted to know the answer to. But it's so... It's very time-consuming, I'll say that. Like, this has in some ways become another job for me. Because it's not like I can just come up with certain questions for people. And sometimes it doesn't, like, click immediately. Sometimes it takes me a while. And... For people who it, like, clicks immediately with, it's great. Like, I've already written a second round of interview questions for Benji Bradshaw, who got back to me, unfortunately, for those people who wanted that interview sooner rather than later. Benji told me he's not going to be able to, like, get back in touch with me, or, like, get back to do an interview till June. So, I try. I'm gonna keep in touch with Benji. We'll work it out. And even Phoenix. Phoenix, I've written... I'm planning on having Phoenix on after the reunion of For the Love of Dilfs, and I already have new questions like, a ton of new questions for Phoenix. And I'm probably going to have to write even more after the reunion because there's just going to be more stuff to talk about. And with that, I make it, like, fascinating to people to, like, 
understand these people's motives and why they did certain things in their career. And in truth, one of the things I'm going to ask Benji, I'm going to blow this question. So if Benji sees this, hopefully you'll still act surprised. Like, I want to know from people in nightlife what their relationship to drugs and alcohol are. Because... As someone who's been in nightlife before, you see it all the time. Like, they're just people, like, well, obviously drinking happens. That's usually what happens at bars. But, like, people just do drugs out in the open. And in some ways, it's, like, especially at gay bars, I feel like they're just... In some ways, there are some rules, but there are very, 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 very few rules of how stuff happens and, like, what goes on. And, like, I will say, like, especially going back to my days at the Parliament House in Orlando, back when it was open, it was just... It's the kind of place where they had, like, a beach area in the back and, like... If you wanted to, you could go with a guy and, like, go back to the beach and get your dick sucked. And, like, I had a, I had it happen to me many times. But it was so sort of fun to be in an atmosphere like that where there's no sort of, like, there's not really a lot of rules. There's a, It's a little bit chaotic and insane, but that's also kind of... What makes it fun and enjoyable is the notion of just having fun. And some people will feel like, oh, you can only have fun with sex? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like that openness of fun is honestly amazing. And... Through all of my experiences in life, I so far haven't done any drugs. I've had it all around me. Like, I've had people who have, like, had, like, weed and had, like, crack and had, like, meth. I've been around all of it. I've never done any of it. But am I opposed to it? Um, I don't know with everything. If I trusted the person that I was, like, um, doing drugs with, I could see possibly trying it. But, like, I would really, really, really have to know somebody in order to, like, trust them enough to... Do things with them. And I also... There's a lot of people say like... With some things the second you try it... You get addicted to it. And for me that's like... That's not how it is. It all breaks down to you having an addictive personality. That's what... Lures you into... Drugs. It's not... Like... You just get addicted from the drugs. It's your... 
biology and your chemistry that like causes you to get addicted and for me in some ways i miss it i miss living in the city i fucking hate this shit of the nearest like big city being an hour two hours two and a half hours away depending on like which direction this living in and they consider the area that I'm in a city, but it's not really. If you don't have a single gay bar in your whole area, you're not like a booming metropolitan area. At least that's how I look at it. And there is not one. There are places where drag queens perform, but they're not performing at gay bars. They're performing at whatever bar will be gracious enough to invite them in. And it's not the same going to a drag show at a um, straight bar or, yeah, straight bar. That's just the way to say it. As it is being in a gay bar. And I know because I literally just performed, I want to say about a week ago. And in a competition where, like, I lost, unfortunately. I was told that it's essentially I was auditioning for a slot at Pride in this area. And I lost, but apparently I'm getting asked back to when they have, like, their wild card day. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. And hopefully, your bitch will win. Um, but... I will say, like... Just this notion that... I don't know where I'm going. Give me a second. Pause. Let me think. I'm having to do this shit off the cuff. Because obviously... I didn't prepare. I prepared to do a fucking interview. But anyway, I was talking about gay bars. Yeah, there's something about, like, as much as I would say I would never live in Los Angeles, like, I would feel like being in L.A. and you just going and being able to, like, be, especially in West Hollywood, like, be in that, like, booming area of where nightlife happens, like, Monday through Sunday. That, to me, sounds like something that would be, like, quite enjoyable. Because I am someone, like, a lot of people love going to, like, gay bars on the weekends. Being in a city, you fucking know, that's usually when the tourists are there. You don't want to go on a weekend. You want to go on a weekday when, like... It's more locals. They're not trying to like do stuff to bring in people from out of town. I know that from living in Orlando. My day to perform there was usually Thursday night. And like, I like that a lot more because you see a lot more of people who are there every week. You're not necessarily like, you would occasionally see people from 
different areas. Like I did, I think one of the nights I met somebody from New York and like that was my first interaction with somebody from New York City because I would say if I could live anywhere in the United States, if I had the money to live anywhere, I would live in New York City. Because there's just something about like being in that metropolitan booming area that like allows you to be yourself. That's that's honestly what New York seems to me. It's an area of self-expression. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want because you're in New York City. And that's why I love... That's why my interview with Benji, that's probably my second favorite because I love New York. And hearing about New York nightlife is amazing to me. And granted, I know it's not the same as it used to be sort of pre and post covid but it's still a booming area and like it came back to what it was or it's probably going to get closer and closer to get back to what it was before and Through that, I would just feel free to be me. Because it's so, it's so sad that in this day and age in America, we have people going after drag performers in states like Florida, the state I'm in now, where you have governors like Ron DeSantis who are trying to ban drag. It's like, why the fuck are you banning an art form? Because they say it's sexualized. Well, bitch, you never wanted to ban Hooters back when that was like, a huge thing. I don't even know if Hooters is a thing anymore, but it's like you have no problem with having children be around sexualized things when it's heterosexual. But when a fucking gay person wants to dress in like a bodysuit and shake their ass in front of children, all of a sudden you have a problem with it because. It's not the norm. It's not what you're used to. And that to me seems tragic. Because you're going to put one standard to one thing and another standard to another thing. And you act like we should all just accept that. No, we're not going to accept it. Because 
drag and i and i've said this i said this actually in a tweet yesterday which is there are some drag performers that we're trying to invite everybody into every form of drag and that was the problem that you didn't just have somebody you didn't just have gay people bisexual people trans people pan people people in our community coming to our clubs you're trying to invite everybody and that's where in some ways i feel like you go wrong because there is certain there is a certain sort of drag that is mainstreamed that can be more like disney elsa frozen type shit and like that stuff kids can see but when you're dancing like twerking lip syncing to songs like anaconda that is not something that kids need to be around and there are probably a lot of people who disagree with that statement i don't like i said it so obviously i agree with it but like kids should not be seeing certain forms of drag like this podcast is not made for children if i want to ask a porn star what the craziest thing they ever had been asked to do on set was i'm gonna ask them that if i have an OnlyFans content creator on and i want to ask if i want to quote to them their tweet and ask them if they're afraid of getting piss in their mouth i should be allowed to do that and i should expect that responsible parents are not sitting there letting their kids see what i'm doing and the questions that i'm asking because this is the point that i've seen made not everything in this world is fucking made for kids and it should never be a world where everything is fucking made for kids there should never be a world like that because if you want to be unfiltered uncensored and raw you should fucking allow to be that you shouldn't be afraid to go out there and Say your truth, ask what you want of somebody, get to know people on a personal level, and I will say this, this is coming from somebody who doesn't want ever want to have kids, the idea that you have to make everything sort of like, sort of like censored to kids, that's more a small town mentality because if you're raising a kid in like new york city and you bring them on and you have somebody like saying yo motherfucker i'm gonna beat your ass bitch like you're gonna hear them talk like that and your kids are just gonna have to get used to it because guess what you live in a city 
But to say that all of a sudden you have to be around kids and you have to censor yourself. That's why in some ways, like, whenever I am around kids, it doesn't happen very often. But when I am, I don't talk much. Because I know what goes on up here. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to say something inappropriate. And I just... I know how I talk. I know I say fucking shit a lot and bitch. But that's just... It's not me like trying to be shocking. It's more like just how my brain works. And... So sometimes you have to think... Before you speak. And... I will say this. I get that. I get why sometimes it's a good thing, but... I'd rather just say what's on my mind and kind of be unfiltered. But that's me. Other people have other opinions where they feel like they should just hold in all of their thoughts and just choose to let out what they want to. And... For me, it's like, in some ways, like, when you get behind a microphone and you empower yourself to speak the way that you want to and you're not afraid of what people are going to say, it's very liberating because you sort of let the poison out and it makes you not as angry. I will, yeah, it makes you not as angry. It makes you happier to do what you're doing. And it makes you happier in life. As someone who's been in a suicidal state before more than once, I know what it's like to hold shit in. And it doesn't help you. All it does is it makes you become an angrier person. And with that anger, all you do is you take it out on everyone who's around you. Because in your mind, you blame it on them. You say that it's their fault that you're going through the shit that you're going through. And honestly... It's not. But. I will say going back to. My state of depression. I remember one time. Being at a wedding. And just like. Wanting to be so happy for someone. But. I just couldn't be. Because I was stuck in. That state of depression. And. When you're depressed, you don't want to 
be happy for everybody in your life. You want to be like, fuck you. Why do you get to be happy and I fucking don't? And I will say part of that was when I came out of the closet because that helps me a little bit, but I will say finding drag is what honestly helps me the most because once you start to like shed this sort of anger shell that you've built around yourself, you honestly just feel more free. And you're able to like calm yourself down and be able to say hi to people and like actually genuinely smile at people and not just have to like fake it till you make it in a way where like it's just oh let me pretend let me pretend to be happy i'm happy hi hi and then all of a sudden when somebody turns away you're just like fuck these motherfuckers i fucking hate them Because that's what you think, like. And as someone, I will say this. I hate being fake. And as an interviewer, like, to get guests, I sometimes have to bullshit people. And it's something I can do. It's something I found out that I know I can do. But I hate doing it. Because... To me, I would rather be genuine with people. Because through this podcast and like through interviewing people, I want to develop friends. And I don't believe in being fake friends with somebody. To me, that seems so shallow. And when you have fake friends, when you honestly need somebody, there's going to be nobody there for you. Because you've spent all your time bullshitting people. And when you all of a sudden fucking lose everything, nobody's going to be there to help you. And it's sad. Because... There are times in your life where you're going to need genuine people. You're going to need people to take you, embrace you, and just give you a hug and let you cry out and be like, everything's going to be all right. And if you don't have somebody in your life like that, there's a chance that you're going to kill yourself. And the people who make the arguments of, oh, suicide is just a short-term solution to a long-term problem. That may be true, but you don't fucking know what that person was going through when they took their own life. You don't. And to just... Tell people that it's 
selfish to be suicidal. It's like... Sometimes it's also selfish to fucking keep somebody alive. Because with suicide, you're honestly going into a state where you think that there's no other answer other than dying. It's not the happiest thing in the world, but in truth, A lot of people say, like, it's easy to, like, look at the light at the end of the tunnel. But when all you're seeing in that tunnel is blackness, you don't see a light. You're never going to see a light. You feel. You feel like living is exhausting. And when you're in that state... You don't want somebody telling you that bullshit cliche of suicide is a short-term solution to a long-term problem. When you hear that from somebody, you want to turn around and be like, go fuck yourself. You don't know what it was like for me to be in that state. How dare you tell me that? That's what you want to be like. It turns you defensive. And... When you turn defensive, you block out any sort of help that that person is trying to bring to you. Because you think that they're being judgmental, which they are. They're absolutely being judgmental to you. And... For anyone out there who, like, is having thoughts of suicide, I want to, like, be that person if you can't find somebody. If you ha happen to come across this episode of this podcast, I want to say, I've been there. I want to be there for you. Because there is nothing more tragic in this world than hearing that somebody died when you know you, you could have done all that you can to save them. And a lot of people don't want to get into the nitty gritty of... Being suicidal, they'd rather hide that thing about them because they don't want to admit weakness. Listen, I lost my mom at 18 years old. I had to build a strength around me, which I know a lot of people consider 18 an adult. If you're not exposed to the world at 18, you're very naive and that keeps you very young mentally. And that's how I was. I didn't know myself at 18. That's why when I was 19 years old. And I almost killed myself the first time. 
I had to be rescued off the metaphorical ledge. And if you don't have somebody in your life that is going to save you, you're going to die. And... I know that so many people, as I said before, just want to say that it's a short-term solution to a long-term problem. But not knowing yourself in this world, it's very hard getting up every day. When the first thought in your mind is, why the fuck am I here? And to not know your way out is very sort of scary and people I know this for a fact artists are the most tortured people in this world because I'm not talking about like physically tortured I'm talking about like psychologically tortured because you have all these talents and you have all these things that you're good at and it's not like you're given a roadmap to success like you are when you go to med school, you go to law school, you become a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. When you go to school for all this shit, they give you the tools to succeed. But when you're not in those fields and you're a creative person you just don't know how to deal with life and you do get depressed as I say I went through two bouts of depression in my life I went through one when I knew didn't or just sorry when I didn't know who I was and I went through another one once I found drag, but realizing that I couldn't fucking do that every day. And that one, in some ways to me, was worse. Because knowing yourself and not being able to express it is hard. Because like you found this way of being yourself and being free and feeling just this immense happiness. But you're told by the world that you have to fucking put it away. Go work a 9 to 5 to make the money. And when I went through that, it was very sort of 
hard. Because it took me 21 years to find happiness in this world. And then once I found that happiness, I was basically told by the world that I have to put it to the side and that I have to sort of just, in some ways it makes you feel shame. You have to feel ashamed of that. And it's not right. It's not right to just like, Make people feel ashamed of who they are. That's why... If anyone ever gets to like know me personally... From... Seeing this podcast... You will know... I'm the realest fucking bitch you will ever meet. And I am someone who will be there for you no matter what. If you lost everything... I will be that person to tell you, just take some time, take a deep breath, you'll get through this, and you'll find yourself, and you'll be stronger than you ever thought you could be. Because I will say this, if I had died at 19... I would have never found Prince Electro Diamond. And that's... One thing that, like... In hindsight, I'm glad that I was saved. When I was saved. From... Going out there and committing suicide. I'm glad that I was saved. And given... A second chance. In this world. Because you only have one life. If you spend your whole life being miserable. Then. You will never. Find. Well actually. You'll have wasted your life. You'll have just spent the one life you have sort of just being the shell of a human being. That's why when people like talk about Saving themselves for marriage and not having sex till marriage. I look at that and I'm like, what? You're going to save yourself. You're going to go to this imaginary place called heaven. Which, I will say this. I know some people will probably get turned off by me saying that. But, I have no proof that heaven actually exists. I've never seen it. And I would rather focus on the life I actually have than to go look for 
a life that I'm allegedly going to have in the future. I'm here right now. I'm going to I'm going to make the most of what I have now. And going back to second chances, I'm glad that I'm here today. Done up as fabulously as I can be to sit here and talk to all of the amazing people who are going to get a chance to see and hear this podcast. To get to know you. That's that's what I will say. If you ever like come across my socials on like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you have like Facebook for all the old people out there who are only on Facebook, hit me up. Let's have a conversation. Let's get to know each other. Because I am a curious person about what drives people. And that's probably why I do, in my opinion, such a good job interviewing people is because I genuinely want to know people. That's why I look at talk show hosts like of the past, like Jay Leno, who genuinely... I will say this. I never watch like Jay Leno's show regularly, but what I've seen of him as like an interviewer, Jay Leno fucking sucks because he just doesn't want to listen to what his guest has to say. And for me as an interviewer, I want to get to know the people behind the artist, the star, the reality star, and a lot of people kind of like just shrug off reality stars and act like they're nothing more than people who are just looking for 15 minutes of fame. And to that notion, I want to say newsflash, everybody's looking for fame. That is what our society has created now. We have created a society where all people want to do is be famous. They don't want to have any discernible talents. They just want to be a famous entity in the microcosm that is planet Earth. And... That, to me, seems like, in some ways, I look at, well, shit. I spent all this fucking time developing talents for people to just want to be famous for nothing. I don't want to be. That's why I hope to just get better and better at interviewing people. Interviewing is a skill. Singing is a skill. Songwriting is a skill. Acting is a skill. And... As much as I like reality stars, if you're in that bigger realm of the entertainment industry, being that 
you're in like movies, music, you're an artist, you do like arts and culture and all that, and you're good at that, I feel that you are much more valuable to the planet as someone who does that than somebody who just their only thing was they were on a reality show once and then now everybody just knows them and wants to get to know them. And to be clear, I'm not knocking all reality shows because I feel like there are some good ones. Any competition reality show like RuPaul's Drag Race, I feel, has a purpose. You're trying to bring light to drag artists. And I feel that is good. But there are some where, like, I'll just say this. I know a lot of people like them. I think the Kardashians are garbage. That's just my opinion. Like, there's nothing much there for people to, like, know. And that, it's probably why, like, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a full episode of the Kardashians, but of what I've seen of the Kardashians, I'm not missing much, in my opinion. Because, don't get me wrong, I like certain reality show drama. One of my favorite shows of all time is The A-List New York. And so, like, I like certain kinds of reality shows that are just drama, but it's like... Just to watch, like, rich girls, like, talk about being rich. I don't see the point in that. And to just, like, be in that world of being famous is just, that's why in some ways, like, I'm on TikTok I don't necessarily understand, like, the whole obsession with it. Because you have people who are just, like, on their lip-syncing and all of a sudden that's supposed to make them, like, valuable to the world and the conversation. It's like... I want to hear you tell a story. And I know that's a lot for me to ask people to do, some people may think, but that's what I want to get to know about people because in some ways, this is just at least how I view entertainment. If you don't have like hardships in your life or you've never had hardships in your life, you're not going to be an interesting entertainer for people to get to know. You're going to be boring. You're going to basically just be 
a pretty face, a pretty body. Someone who, like, people see your pictures and they want to, like, jack off to them. That's all that you are. You're not someone of substance. And if maybe all you want to be is a hot body for people to, like, get to know, maybe that is the way you should do it. Just go on a reality show and be a hot person and, like, go be, like, famous for that. But... To quote Bianca Del Rio doing Judge Judy on Snatch Game on RuPaul's Drag Race, beauty fades, dumb is forever. So, in some ways, yes, it's great to be beautiful, but you might want to develop something going on in your brain for people to actually get to talk to you about. Instead of just being a beautiful human being because that's great and all but think about what you could be in this world if you were not only just a beautiful person but if you also had something to go along with that to help in a tiny, 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 tiny fraction of a way change the world. And, wow, I almost went an hour. So, I think I'm going to bring this podcast to a close. With that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I am your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed.